week and everything that we know you continue to do. We ask you come be with us today to worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.
unusual grace I'm waiting here and standing where the mercy falls I once was blind but now I can see my ears are open finding faith to believe I'm waiting here and standing where the mercy
everybody take a second and turn around and say hello to somebody. My name's Allie, and we're glad you're here. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. Hey everybody, Mark here real fast with a quick announcement. We'll be having our annual chili cook-off, which may be my favorite Sunday of the year. A um, couple of thoughts real quick. It's going to be right after the second service. $5 per person, which will include chili and salad. $2 for kids under 10, um, and it will include chili and salad. And this will have desserts, but they're part of the fundraiser, so you'll have to purchase those. And we have this year four categories um, for winners. The first one's going to be the best money maker. And so one of the ways that we raise money in this fundraiser is every vote costs a dollar. And so you can go around, you can cast a vote by placing money in the different chilies that you like. And so we'll have a, the best money maker chili. Also included this year, we're going to have a hottest category, a beaniest category, and the most exotic category. And so hopefully we'll see you guys to be trying out this really awesome chili. And here's Allison with some... This is chili. With chili. See you guys then. Bye. Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. All right. So if they want to enter chili, they tell you, Pat, is that the deal? Or just show up with chili? Yeah, show up to buy chili. Liz is, Liz is going to enter chili this year, she said. Yeah, so I'm anxious to taste it. So... I mean, she's made chili before in our lifetime. So, but she's going to make some exotic chili, she said. It'll be great. So, uh, sounds scary. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds pretty good. Let's say a prayer and we'll take up the offerings. Lord, just thank you that we can give to you. Lord, just use these gifts, God, to glorify your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, uh, that you gave to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus. 
my own. Uh, we, we prayed for this family last week and I asked them we could pray for you guys again. So th- that's Jeremy and Liz and Mason, right? Is that right? He's, he's the wrestler. How, how are you doing in wrestling? Pretty good. There you go. Pretty good. So, uh, let me tell you a little bit about them. In the past two years, they've lost two, two babies. Logan was the first one and then Nellie Grace, correct? So we're going to pray for you guys. So if you're near them, go stick your hand on their shoulder and, uh, or anybody who wants to get up and go over there and just lay your hand on the shoulders and, and, uh, Bible says we're supposed to bear each other's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. And the law of Christ is love God, love your neighbor. So I have no idea what that's like, what they're going through, but we just want to say a prayer for them. So we'll take, take a minute to do that and, uh, just try to encourage them through this, through this tough deal. So. So, Lord, we lift this young family up to you, this young couple. Uh, Lord, I, I know that you're good, that we can trust you. Lord, I know that, that Logan is in heaven with you, and so is this sister. And, God, I just thank you for that. We've got to know that their hearts are, are, are broken. So, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and let your mercy and your grace and your healing come. Lord, I pray you just give them courage as they, as they walk through this together as a family. I thank you, Lord, for their courage. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you just give them more courage, Lord. We just ask you, Holy Spirit, just to fill them up today. And be with them, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. So bless you guys. Liz gave Mason a hug. He might throw you over his shoulder there, Liz, because he's a, he's a wrestler, so. Each, we start a series on, uh, one another's and I've interviewed someone every week. So we're going to interview Beth Mills today. So Beth Mills, come on down, give her a hand. She comes all the way from Orlando, Florida. They went on vacation last week to Disney World. So anyway, you can sit right over there. I'll give you a microphone. There you go. Tell us who you are and where you live and all that kind of stuff. Um, my name is Beth Mills. I live in Carlisle. Downtown Carlisle or just Carlisle? Yeah, beautiful downtown, downtown Carlisle. Carlisle. No, okay. I'm kind of on the outskirts. Okay, where, where were you born? I was born in Middletown. Really? I grew up here. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago. And you, what school, high school did you go to? Carlisle. Carlisle. Any Carlisle fans here today? They Look, come in the second service. So a couple of Carlisle fans, right? <laughs> my husband didn't even raise his hand, so it's okay. Oh, man. Did, did you grow up in Carlisle too? Yeah. And you wouldn't raise your hand in honor of your wife? Okay. No. <laughs> Oh, he said no. Okay, well, we'll get away from him. We'll get away from him. Come back. He said she loved him. All right. Um, what do you do for a living? I am a florist. Okay, and you've done that for a while, right? I've done it for. We were adding it up the other day. About twenty-five years. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Um, any hobbies? What do you like to do for fun? Um, I like to travel. I like to play with my grandkids. Um, I like to go antiquing. I can't afford anything. I only buy the junk. But. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. How long, how long have you been coming here? Um, I believe it's between 10 and 12 years. We came with um, Jackie Johnson. Yeah. Okay. We had um, been at a church, and we got very hurt there. Yeah. And so for about a year, we didn't go anywhere. And Jackie invited us to a Saturday night, hmm. and um, we came, and it was totally different than anything we'd ever seen before. Everybody was so welcoming and kind. There was no judgment. There was no, you know, looking down on anyone else. And we just knew this was where we were supposed okay. to be. So that's, next question is what do you like about it, but you just kind of said that, right? Yeah. Okay. So you felt 
welcome. You felt yeah, led. Yeah, we felt led. We hadn't felt led to go anywhere else. And yeah. we looked at each other in the car after that, and we were like, this is where we're supposed okay. to be. What do you do here? What do I do here? Um, ministries. I do the praise team, and we serve coffee at the 9 o'clock service and okay. sometimes at the 11 o'clock service. Okay. And her husband's the... He just stands there and talks. <laughs> wow. Pretty much. Oh, man. I think I see him doing the work. And then... Excuse me? I'm oh, sorry. Okay. All right. Well, give Beth a hand. I'm not going to get in. I'll let her husband deal with all that stuff. Wow. Good job, Jeff. Uh, all right. Get rid of one of these things because I can't set on two of them at once. Like I said, we started a series... Four weeks ago, five weeks ago, I can't remember how long ago, uh, on, on one another. And for, this, this, yeah, four weeks ago, this is the fifth Sunday in it, right? So, um, we've looked at a bunch of different things. In the New Testament, there are about 59 verses that talk about one another. Okay, that we're supposed to do things, uh, with one another and share. And, and we looked at that the first week, we looked sort of in general about all of them. And then it talked about they're supposed to love each other, love one another, right? And then Mark talked about serving one another. And then last Sunday he talked about forgiving one another. So if you have missed one, you can go online and watch those. The forgiving one is, is, is I you know, encourage you to really, really watch that one. Today we're going to talk about encouraging each other. Is that okay? All right. Look at the person beside you and tell them they're just great. Looking great. Looking great today, right? Did anybody say anything different than that? <laughs> I don't want to know, all right? Don't want to know that. Let me get my little questions out of the way here. All right. Encouragement. Let's say we're, let's say a prayer real quick. So God, we thank you that, that you encourage us, that you believe in us. And so Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and just fill our hearts with your love and mercy. Help us, God, to see how important it is just to say a kind word, give a smile, give a hug, uh, just to tell people that they're going to make it. So, uh, be in our midst in Jesus name. Everybody said, Amen. Uh, there's a there's a, a word for encouragement in the New Testament. It, it's parakaleo, okay, right? You now you know Greek, um, and it means it means come beside or come alongside, and kaleo means to summon, okay. And so you'll see that all the way through the New Testament, Jesus before he left his disciples, uh, got them together, and he told them he's going to go away, and then he said this in the book of John. I think is it going to come up? Uh, go, did I miss something, Pat? Keep going, okay? Well, let me let me go back. Go back up real quick. Paraclete means call alongside, to counsel, to encourage, to help, uh, to bring comfort, I think. I'm trying to see what I put in my notes here, okay? But Jesus got with his disciples, and he said this to them. Uh, he said, I'm going to pray the Father. He will give you another comforter. And the word uh, comforter there is, is, is uh, paracaleo. And, uh, and it means he's going to send one. Notice that verse. He says, I'm going to send another one. Okay, another comforter, and, and the word another there means one just like me. He's been with them all along, and he says, I'm going to go away, and I'm going to send someone who's exactly like me. And he, and he is exactly like him because it's the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so uh, Jesus says, I'm going to send an encourager uh, who's just just like me uh, that's going to do, do what, I, what, I'm, what I've been doing for you. Okay? The English word... Um, is is well well let me go back real quick i'm sorry jumping ahead paul referred to god as the god of encouragement there's bunches of verses all through the whole bible where where god encourages us and gives us strength i could start in the old testament go through a list but i'm not going to because i don't have that much time but god is the one who encourages us 
Uh, you know, we say we believe in God, but as crazy as it is, God believes in us. You know, and, and he, he loves us that, that much, okay? Now the English word's interesting word, I think. Encourage means to put courage into another person. Thus, here's the word, encourage, okay? And so, we as followers of Jesus are supposed to encourage each other. And the Christian life is, is not designed at all to live by yourself or to live in isolation. And, and so, we, we're supposed to encourage each other, uh, all the time. Okay? Still here? All right. Why? Why should we encourage each other? Uh, first thing, God tells us to do it. That should be enough. But you know it's not enough because God tells us to do a lot of things and we don't do them, right? But God tells us to, to, to do it. And let me read a couple of verses about that. Uh, Hebrews. But encourage one another. What does it say? How often? Daily, right? As it's called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Okay? Because there's, there's stuff that can mess us up, and so we need encouragement. The second one is uh, in Hebrews again. It says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. There's a bunch of things in that verse. He's saying we need to come up with ideas or ways that we can just say, you know, you can, you can go for it, and, and uh, so that we can do more good stuff. We need to encourage each other so that we can make a difference in the world, right? And then it says not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. You can't encourage each other if you're not with each other, right? And, and you can't help someone if you're not with them. And so he's saying, you know what, we need to get together. We need times like this where we can pray for each other, where we can laugh with each other so we can just say, you know what, you, you can make it. And he says, you know, that we're to do that because... One day Jesus is going to come back, and so we need to keep on doing this until he comes. The next one, um, in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.18, let me give you the context. Some people had died, and uh, he's writing to the church at Thessalonica, Thessalonians, and some people had died, and they didn't know what happened to people who died. They thought, and, and some people thought Jesus had already come back. And... and uh, Paul writes them and he tells them that those people have gone to be with Jesus and one day Jesus will come back and it says the dead in Christ will rise first and those who are alive will be caught up together with them in the air because it's not the end, because we believe in the resurrection. And so he tells them that. This isn't the end. Your loved ones are with Jesus. One day he's going to come back. They'll come with him and all those kinds of things will take place. And at the end of that verse, I always read this at funerals, by the way, and at the end of that verse he says this, Therefore... Comfort one another or encourage one another uh, and go go back, Pat. I'm on the wrong verse. Therefore, cur- cur- encourage one another with these words. Okay? What's he saying? This isn't the end of the show. We believe in the resurrection. We believe Jesus is going to come back. So that's an encouraging thing. Got that? And then he goes on to verse uh, chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, anytime you see therefore, it's all the stuff in front of it are really important, okay? Therefore, encourage one another, build each other up, just as, in fact, you're doing. And they were doing a good job at it. So, so, God tells us all the way through the Bible, especially in these verses, we really need to encourage each other, okay? So why do we need to encourage each other? This is the deal. Discouragement's everywhere. Flip on the news. Good grief. The world's crazy, right? Uh, 
Liz and I watch a show. It's called I Crime. You ever watch the show I Crime? It's insane. Uh, it just shows one goofy thing that people do after another. You know, how they, all these crazy things like that. And, 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 uh, it, it's crazy. Um, discouragement is, is everywhere. And, and this is the deal. It's powerful because it relates to our emotions. Um, often we become discouraged, you know, uh, it, it's a feeling of, 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 uh, unsuccessfulness. It's a feeling of failure. It's, it's worry. It's struggle. And, and those feelings, can impact our day, our life, our job. It can impact everything. So discouragement is powerful. It, it's powerful because it relates to our emotions. Go to the next one. It's powerful because it relates to how we relate to other people. It, it messes us up in, in, in relations uh, to other people. Often, I think, we, we we become discouraged when we compare ourselves. And we do this all the time. And, and our whole society is about that. I mean, we're blitzed with comparison. You know... Uh, if you watch television, all the different commercials, you, you can do this or that. You know, you can lose a thousand pounds by going to Sonobello. They'll just burn it off of you, whatever that, how, however that works, right? You seen that commercial? I don't know how that works. You know, and all these things are always comparing, right? And, uh, uh, we're growing up and, and, uh, getting older. And, but we get in trouble when we compare ourselves to what people look like, to our weight, our education, our wealth, our ability. You know, and, and, uh, instead of all those things, we ought to celebrate the differences. God made us all different. Uh, but we get discouraged when, when we compare ourselves. Um, go to the next one, Pat, I think, unless I skip that one. It's powerful because it focuses our attention on areas of unhappiness. A lot of times people get discouraged because of, of different things in, in their life. Uh, a lot of people are chronic complainers. You know, anybody who's a chronic complainer? You know, um, they never see the good in anything. They're always groaning. Uh, they're always thinking, you know, it's, this isn't the way it should be, and they just always complain. And and uh, those are fun people to hang out with, right? No, you're not. But but they bring you down, right? And, and so uh, because they, they cause you to become discouraged too, and, but there's some people like that, and we're not supposed to be like that. Um it's powerful because it's anchored, I think, in our past mistakes. And, and when we dwell on our past mistakes, we get all messed up. Because everyone has past mistakes. And so if you start thinking about those, you think, oh, woe is me, right? There's this uh, preacher, I think he lived in the 1800s. His name was uh, William Ward. He was a Baptist preacher. I think he w- became a missionary to uh, um, India. He has some cool sayings. I'm trying to remember one of the sayings. It's not the one I'm going to put up. But uh trying to remember one of the sayings. Um, he says, uh, a pessimist complains about the wind. An optimist um, says it's going to get better. A realist adjusts the sails. Okay? He's got all kinds of sayings. I, that one just stuck in my head because I was reading through his sayings. Okay? Uh, but but he made this statement. Let's see. I'm going to read it to you. All right, let me just I can't look up there. I'll look my... Discouragement is dissatisfaction with the past, distaste for the present, and a distrust of the future. It's ingratitude for the blessings of yesterday, indifference to the opportunities of today, and insecurity regarding the strength of tomorrow. It's unawareness of the presence of beauty, unconcern for the needs of our fellow man, and unbelief in the promises of old. It is impatience with time, immaturity of thought, impoliteness to God. That's a bunch of stuff, right? But that's what discouragement does to us. Encouragement 
Why do we need this? Encouragement is, is this. Uh, we all, we all need an encourager. Well, we need someone in our life that's going to say you're going, you can make it. We need someone alongside us, like the paraclete, like the Holy Spirit came, comes alongside. We need to be those people in people's lives and saying, you can do it. We all need an encourager and we all need to be an encourager. Okay. So what does encouragement do? Why encourage? This is it. Encouragement's life changing. It can change a person's life. Uh, that's one of the things. Another thing, it helps them stay on the right course. You can do it. You're going to make it. Just keep at it. Right? Encouragement helps them reach the dream that God put in their heart. You know? Encouragement helps them encourage other people. If you've been encouraged by someone else and you know what it means in your life, you, you can pass that on to someone else. Right? So why encourage? So the next thing, this is going to be a short sermon. You guys don't mind, do you? Breakfast bar at Frisch's is still open, or you can go down to Mom's there, but you better take cash. She doesn't accept credit. Right? How do you encourage? Well, I'll show you a picture of this guy. This is a picture that they took back in the New Testament. Right? In the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 4, uh, the church has grown like crazy. The Pentecost has happened. Thousands of people have been baptized. And, and, and Jerusalem's a mess. There's people who came for Pentecost. They didn't go home. And so there's needs everywhere. And uh, so people started uh, selling things. They, they brought their money. They gave it, brought it to church. Gave it to the church. Imagine that. Giving money to the church. And laid it at the apostles' feet. Well, there's this guy. His name's Joseph. And... Uh, he had some land. Doesn't say he was a rich guy. A lot of times people say he was rich. It doesn't say he was rich. He just had some land and he saw some needs and that land is just kind of sitting there not doing anything. So he decided to sell the land and he brought it to the apostles so they can distribute it to people to help people that were poor and to share with people in the church and to help the church. Apparently he did this so much. It says he was a Levite from Cyprus and his name was Joseph and they called him Barnabas. And the word Barnabas means son of encouragement. So he must have done a lot of things to encourage people because the disciples nicknamed him that. Here comes old Barney, right? And uh, years later, they named a dinosaur after him. But anyway, um, he was always encouraging people. Well, around this time, there's this guy named Saul of Tarsus, and he's a very religious person. And he hates this thing called the way, people who follow Jesus. And so he's on his way. He tells the story. He's on his way to Damascus. And this light comes from heaven. And he hears a voice. And he says it's Jesus. And he becomes a follower of Jesus. So he comes down. He preaches some in Damascus. He comes down to Jerusalem. And he wants to meet with the apostles. And the apostles say, no way. We don't trust this guy. He's been killing Christians, and he wants to go right into the center of the group. Well, he didn't get very far. But this guy named Barnabas took him aside. He came alongside him, and he vouched for him, and he stood up for him. And he came to the apostles, and he says, it's it's true. This guy really has followed Jesus. And so Saul got to meet with the apostles. And then finally they sent him back to Tarsus for a while. The church is growing like crazy. It's spreading out. They, they heard that there's a, a bunch of Gentiles in Antioch who've become Christians. And, and the apostles want to send somebody to check it out. Guess who they sent? They sent Barnabas. 
And Barnabas went up to Antioch and he saw all these Christians and stuff and it was too much for him to handle. And he remembered Saul. So he went to Tarsus and he found Saul and he brought Saul back with him. And they together spent time there helping the Christians and encouraging the Christians to grow in Antioch. Well, one time when they were praying, the Holy Spirit led them to send some people out as missionaries. And guess who they sent? Barnabas and Saul. And so Barnabas and Saul traveled around the Asia Minor there, planting churches, telling people about Jesus. And they did that two or three different times, and they came back. Uh, On that first trip, though, Barnabas had a a, a relative, a young relative. His name was John Mark. And he he wanted to, he, he said, let's take John Mark with us. And so Paul said, okay. And so they took John Mark with them on that first missionary journey. Well, something happened in the middle. The Bible doesn't tell us, but John Mark bailed. And I'm sure Saul wasn't very happy about that because he was a very driven person. Well, some years go by, and and uh, they're together again. And and uh, uh, Paul and he's now Paul and Barnabas, and and they want to go back and visit some of the churches that they planted. And so they're going to do that. They're going to go back on another trip and check on the churches they've planted. Barnabas says, "Let's take John Mark again with us," and Paul says, "No, no way." And they disagreed so strongly that they split. Paul took Silas and Barnabas took John Mark. Time goes by. Years later, Paul is in prison in Rome. And all of a sudden, he, you know, he's realizing he sees something in John Mark that Barnabas saw all along. And so while he's in prison, he writes this letter to Timothy, one of his understudies. And he says this. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me in my ministry. Things have changed. Barnabas was still encouraging. And he was encouraging John Mark. And John Mark hooked up with Peter. All of you have one of these, right? And if you open the New Testament to this part, this is what you see. The Gospel of Mark. Why is that there? It's there because of this, Barnabas. He was the one who said, I believe in you. Paul was done with him, but Barnabas wasn't done with him. Barnabas gave him a second chance, and Barnabas came along and encouraged him, and Barnabas helped him to grow as a follower of Jesus. And now we have a book in the Bible which is called The Gospel of Mark because of Barnabas. Cool story? Love that story. So, how do you encourage other people? What can you do to encourage other people? I put it in your notes as a little acrostic, okay? And we're going to use Barnabas as an example. We'll just use his name, and we're going to follow his letters, and and we'll do it that way, right? So, B, first thing you can do to encourage people, pray for them, okay? Bend the knee is why I'm using the B there, right? You pray for them. Uh, Paul said this, help us by your prayers, uh, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted to us and answer a prayer of many. Encouragement's never complete, or you really can't even start unless you pray for people. You ask God to bless them. You ask God to be with them. And, and, and you can pray for them wherever you're at. You can just stop and, t- and, and, and say a prayer for them. A, in Barnabas' names, is actions. It's just helping. It's little things that you can do to encourage people. You can smile at someone. You can say hello to someone. You can open the door for someone. You can shovel somebody's snow. You can do all different kinds of little things. 
that make a difference in someone's life. You can be nice when you go out to eat. Right? You can leave a nice tip. And you don't have to yell at the waitress because the food's bad. Because she didn't or he didn't cook it. Right? You ever see people do that? It's like shoot the messenger. Just little things. Actions uh, make different things, right? Actions speak louder than words. Uh, encouragement goes far. Uh, our remarks. Things that you say to people. You can encourage people by what you say. Uh, it says this in Proverbs. It says, uh, pleasant words are as honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Things that you say to people. Encourage them. A phone call. A lot of times I'm, I'm driving along and someone comes to my mind that I've been praying for. They just come to my mind and I call them. Now, I don't do this. I don't pull this out and dial this thing up. You know, I have in my car or my truck, I can say the person's name. And if it understands me, sometimes it doesn't understand me. You know, I have a Kentucky dialect and so it's, it's hard. Uh, and it can't say Wolfenbarger. Even if I try to call one of my sons, it can't even say my name right. Uh, but anyway, huh? It doesn't like, no, you're Marinic, by the way. So it says Marinic. Uh, just little remarks, you know, a phone call. Just say, how you doing? You know, I'm just, I just want to see what's going on in your life. Just a remark. So bend the knee, some actions, remarks. What's next? Notes, right? People still write notes. Um, text, emails, Facebook messenger. Do you know most of this book is a letter? It's just a letter. Paul wrote letters. You can, you can write little things, you know. Notes make a big difference. A little, a card. I mean, look at this right here. You matter, uh, always have and always will. And I put that up there because that's Hallmark. Hallmark figured out if you encourage someone, you can make a mint off of that, right? And then they'll even have you make crazy Hallmark movies and you can watch those and cry all the time, right? So anyway, uh, just a card. You know, a note will help someone. Next one's an important one, availability. And I put presence on that. It says this, and this is an important one in, in Psalms. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Just being there is important. You know, a lot of times people, when, when people are going through a hard time, or I've even seen it at funerals and things like that, a lot of people don't go because they don't know what to say. Or they're afraid that, you know, and a lot of times they don't go because it makes them feel bad, but it ain't about us. Remember that? It's just showing up and being there in people's lives. You don't, you don't have to do anything. You can just be there with them. Availability uh, is an important one. Next is B, uh, benevolence, generosity. Paul said in, in Acts, the Lord uh, Jesus himself said it's more blessed to give uh, than receive. And giving and, and sharing is an important thing. That's where we were introduced to Barnabas in the book of Acts. When he had some land, he sold it and he gave it to the church. And so uh, sharing with people is really important. Proverbs says this, A generous man himself will be blessed for he shares his food with the poor. Being generous. Uh, sharing with people. Benevolence. A. Affection. Touch. Okay? Now, we, we don't do this much here, but about three or four times in the New Testament, it says greet each other with a holy kiss. Right? All right? Jesus' ministry is illustrated by touch. I talked about this the other night in a group. 
uh, I asked people what what are one of the favorite things that they like about Jesus, and mine was that that uh, he touched a guy who had leprosy. Guy hadn't been touched for years. People weren't allowed to go near him. He had to yell unclean, and people had to stay like 20 feet away from him. But Jesus comes up, and he touches the dude. And even if he didn't heal him, <clears throat> he felt someone's touch for the first time. Touch is important. Some people just need a hug, right? And and there's power in giving a hug. Here's seven benefits of, of, of hugs. It re- reduces stress and, and, and pain reduction, okay? Uh, it reduces anxiety and fear. It builds up your immunity. Uh, it improves your heart health. It's good for pain relief. Uh, it, it's enhanced communication. In other words, you're saying, I really care about you. It releases of, i, I got to get this right because the other one is a bad drug, right? But anyway, uh, oxytocin, it's a happiness hormone, Right? And there's way more benefits than just those things. But some people just need a hug. Affection, you know, encourages people. And then the last one, I think, is is sociability. And I mean by that is hospitality. Um, In the New Testament, it talks about the gracefulness of hospitality. In Romans, it says this, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. And the Greek word for hospitality means to show brotherly love. All those things. You can use Barnabas and memorize things that you can do to make a difference. Does that make sense? You guys still here? Almost done? Here's a guy. His name's Bob Bell. He was my preacher. Okay? Liz and I hadn't been married too long. Uh, he asked me to be his associate pastor. I hadn't finished college. I hadn't been to seminary or anything like that. But he invited me to come and, and work with him and be his assistant. And he was an awesome guy. Crazy, awesome guy. He told me, though, why he did it. He said, my dad died when I was 17 years old. And that's when I met him. And he told me this. He says, I, I met you at your dad's funeral visitation. He says, and I saw God was doing something in your life. That time. And I thought I would invite you to come and work with me. That changed my life. Because there was someone who saw something in me and helped bring it out. There was someone who saw something in me who actually believed in me that I'm not an idiot, which I am most of the time. But he saw something in me and says, why don't you come and, and do this? And, and he was an inspiration in, in my life. Can I tell you this? Somebody spoke into your life, and you're who you are because of them. You know, it could have been your parents. It could have been your teacher. It could have been a coach. It could have been a friend. It could have been a Sunday school teacher. But someone spoke something into your life, and you're who you are uh, because of them. It affected you. But let me tell you this. You have the power to speak into someone's life. And change your destiny. Just by encouraging them. All of us should be encouragers. So two questions. What's God saying to me? And what are you going to do about it? Maybe you can think. There's some people in, 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 uh, that I know right now. They need encouragement. And you might just be the person. 
You could live with them. You could work with them. They could be your neighbor. They could be that person at Walmart that you see when you go in. It could be anyone. But you have the power to affect their life just by good words. So let's just bow our heads. Lord, we thank you for your love and mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God of encouragement. God, let's just speak to our hearts right now. If you have one of these, take it out, if you wouldn't mind, and, and open it up the best you can. We do this every week as a reminder of what Jesus did and a reminder of who we are, that we are God's family. And Jesus did this with his disciples, and they were all there, and and uh, everyone's welcome to share in this family meal, remembering the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And so... We always say the Lord's Prayer together, uh, and even notice, you know, like I said, we're not to live the Christian life in isolation. We need each other. And it's not my Father who art in heaven, it's our Father, right? So it's something that we do together. So let's, let's say this prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He took the cup. He says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, new relationship. Do this in remembrance of me. The Apostle Paul said in Corinthians, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. We remember what Jesus did and we're reminded of what we're supposed to do. I know there are other people going through stuff today uh, and I talked about encouragement. Maybe you're just going through something and you would like some prayer. We haven't done this for a while, but we'll just take a minute. So if you're going through something, you'd like uh, someone to pray, just, just like prayer, just stand up. You say, you know, I'm, I'm having some things going on in my life and I just like some prayer. Uh, so just stand up where you're at. We won't freak you out or anything like that. Okay, just we'll take a minute to do that. Just look around the room. Back here over in the back. Somebody go there and put your hands on, on his shoulder there. Anyone else want to, want to join him? Want some prayer?
You guys just just pray for him right now. Go ahead. Anyone else want to stand and get some prayer? All right. All right. Just, just look around up here. You just pray. If you don't have to know what's going on, God knows. Just say, just say prayer for him. Lord, we just thank you for your love and mercy. Thank you, Lord, for these who are standing just just uh, needing some prayer. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come right now. Let, let your mercy come, Lord. Let it come. Let your power come, Lord. You're the God of encouragement. Let your encourage come right now, Lord. Just fill them with your encouragement, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're good. And Lord, I ask you to bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. All stand together. Let's close in prayer. Remember all these things that are coming up. And encourage somebody today. All right? Good job. So, Lord, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God of encouragement. You do believe in us. So, God, help us to believe in us and help us to believe in other people, that we'd be willing just to say a word and do one of those things that could make a difference in their life. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Bless you guys. Have a good day.